Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to hear real life stories about how God works all things together for good, because He is always faithful and always good. Well, welcome to today's episode of the All Things Podcast. I am super excited to introduce you all to our newest Redemption Press author, Debbie Ashley, and her new book, Faith Unhindered, Finding the Freedom to Trust God Completely. And before I um, jump into a conversation with her, first, let me just say, Debbie, welcome to the All Things Podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thanks. Yes, yes. But I want to give you a proper introduction. So let me um, just introduce Debbie Ashley to you. She loves to learn and to teach and ultimately lives to make a difference because so many have made a difference in her own life. A pastor's wife for over 30 years, she leans into the spiritual journey, equipping women with faith journey tools. She and her husband, Mark, have been married for 35 years. They have two married sons and a daughter in college. Debbie and Mark live in Northeast Ohio, where Mark serves as the lead pastor at their church. And Debbie is involved in worship ministries and women's ministries. So, Debbie, before we jump into your book, Faith Unhindered, Finding the Freedom to Trust God Completely, and I just love that title, um, <laughs> tell us a little bit about your favorite Romans 8.28 story. We, we've all got lots of them, and lots of times God will take something that seems really bad and use it for good. But I just love to give our listeners a peek into how God has worked his Romans 8.28 character into your life. Yes. Well, thank you, Athena. Um, I certainly, like you said, we all have a lot of stories about God's faithfulness in Romans 8.28. The one story that comes to mind um, is an event that happened in our lives um, actually several years ago. Um, we were on a family vacation out in California, and uh, my 14-year-old son on that vacation began showing some signs of an illness, and um, they weren't serious signs, but enough that we were concerned. Um, but as soon as we got back home, um, he became significantly ill to the point that we knew something needed to be taken care of. Um, I still remember the morning I came downstairs, I couldn't find him, and I came downstairs, and he was actually lying on the floor in the living room, and he wasn't even able to, to get up. So we were, that was scary. So we got him into the doctor um, that day, and um, they did some blood work and immediately came back with the diagnosis of juvenile diabetes. And, you know, like most moms, I Googled some things. So I had a little bit of an indication that that might be a possibility. But honestly, I had been begging God all day, Lord, please don't let it be diabetes. Let it be a, the flu or something you could take an antibiotic for or rest for a few days and he would be better. And so when that diagnosis came, I, I, I realized, you know, God didn't answer that prayer, um, and my son now has a, di a disease that he will have the rest of his life. So um, it was a, a challenge to my faith, to be perfectly mm -hmm. honest. Um, and 
thankfully he received great care and um, great doctors and was was able to quickly learn to manage that disease. Um, but it certainly changed our lives, changed his life, changed our family life. Um, what I found was that I, being a mom, as, as moms tend to do, I kind of just took over, <laughs> took charge and said, okay, I have to fix this or I have to manage this and um, became, um, began to feel responsible in a way that was not healthy. Mm. And um, one day I hit a, a spot with that. I hit a tough spot and I, we have a screened in porch. I went and stood on the screened in porch, just crying. And I said, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And I was exhausted from trying to be in control, to be honest. <laughs> and God made something very clear to me that day. And um, in my heart, I heard him ask me this question. He said, do you really think you have the ability to keep your son alive? And I had to realize, no, I don't. Mm -hmm. And then that question was followed up with this question. Do you really think that you are the one that has kept him alive? For the last 14 years and i had to confess no i wasn't the one keeping my son alive god had granted him life and god was going to continue to give him every day of life that god willed and i realized at that moment that my need to be in control was actually rooted in fear was actually rooted in the fear that god was going to do something i didn't want him to do <laughs> And that my faith was, in a sense, and, and I hate to admit this, but my faith was more in my ability to do the right thing for my son than it was in God. So um, at that point, God really worked in my heart and, and changed my perspective. It didn't happen overnight, but I came to realize um, that I needed to look at my motive underneath it all, which was fear. And I needed to let go and let God have control. So. Um, it changed my perspective, and it's been a lesson that I've come back to many times since. Mm. And I love how God used that situation that was probably in a lot of ways devastating for you as a mom to, sure. to get to a point where you realize you can't do anything, even though you wanted to. <laughs> right. And yeah. how God could use that to strengthen your relationship with him. I mean, it's so cool to see how God will take something like that and use it for good when yeah. we can't even imagine how he could do that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So jumping into your book now, okay. it's, it's often said that our greatest struggles show us the deepest parts of ourselves. Now, do you have more to embellish there on how he did that through this particular situation? Were there other situations where he started to show you those things? Sure, um, absolutely. That was, I would say that was the most vivid um, point where that lesson became real to me. But since that time, um, God has often brought me back to those same questions. Not so much mm -hmm. about my son, but other circumstances that are out of my control. And I tend to gravitate to, um, what do I have to do? I'm a list girl. I'm a let's get it done girl. And so um, God will have to set me aside and, and 
say, wait a minute here, what's your real motive? You know, is, is your motive fear? Or is it even, is it even sometimes selfish? You know, I want to be in charge because I want to get the results I want, you know? And um, um, so the struggles um, that come along the way for me, even though they may not look like that initial struggle with fear with my son's diagnosis, um, it still is something God uses to sort of pull me back and say, okay, wait a minute, let's, let's just stop here. And we need to look at what's really going on in your heart. And, um, and, and so I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful mm -hmm. that, that God mm -hmm. does that with us. He, he says, okay, time out. <laughs> let's think about this and let's get your heart in the right place. And so, um, you know, that does continue for me to this day, being in ministry. You know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of things in ministry that that can be challenging that we have no control over. The last two years are an example of that. And the Lord has had to remind me who's really in charge here. I'm so I love how it's the struggles that open up a window in, and God can get our attention for us to see what's um, broken inside us or what's maybe a wrong perspective inside us. It's not the mountaintop. Woohoo. Everything's going great. No, it's those greatest struggles. And God really does use those to refine us. He sure does. Yes. Mm. And, you know, sometimes I think that it's just our human nature. That's not the first thing we see, you know, and that's, that's some of where, um, even the, the stories of the women in the book, you know, we, we, we tend to gravitate to analyzing the struggle <laughs> itself yeah, and yeah. not what is God trying to do with this struggle. So Debbie, your book mentions core emotions that women struggle with and how to navigate them. Which one do you resonate with the most and how did you work through it? Uh, well, one of the emotions that we do talk about in the book is fear. And uh, the example from scripture is the, uh, the story of Esther and how she was put in some incredibly difficult circumstances and ultimately um, a situation that could have cost her her life. And so um, the, that, that experience of fear, I know I have, have had many times of fear and I know it's a, an experience that a lot of women experience uh, it's an emotion a lot of women experience. Um, one thing I learned both through my own experiences and even in studying this um, story of Esther is it's a statement that has helped me. It says, we do not suddenly become brave at the moment we most need it. We become brave when we choose to face daily challenges with right choices. And I know my tendency, it would be to say, oh, you know, in that big moment or at this crisis, you know, I'm going to step up and I'm going to be who God wants me to be or do what God wants me to do. But if we haven't made those choices along the way, our hearts aren't ready to make that choice in the moments where it's really critical. And I think Esther shows us that because Esther made some difficult but right choices all along the way. And then when it came time for her to make this life or death decision, she was able to do the right thing. And, and so I just, that has helped me work through that. And um, my prayer is that, you know, those, those lessons from Esther specifically on fear would, would be 
encouraging to other women who deal with that emotion. So small steps of obedience as God takes us through an experience are what really builds those faith muscles, trust muscles, whatever you want to call them. So that then when the biggie comes, we're ready to say yes and obey because we've done those little steps of obedience along the way. I love that. Definitely. So your study not only digs into pieces of your own story, but also explores the lives of the women in the Bible. And you just mentioned Esther, but which woman is your favorite and why? Well, um, when I think of the women in the Bible that are in in this particular study, um, the story of Martha, Mary and Martha, I think we're, we're somewhat familiar with when Martha is distracted by her work in the kitchen and and um, so that's a story I've always loved. Uh, but to be perfectly honest, as I studied the lives of these women in scripture um, in preparation for this book, the story I was most drawn to was a story from the life of Miriam, the, the sister of Moses. And the, we don't have a lot of stories about her. We don't know a lot about her from scripture. But the ones we do have are really fascinating stories. And the one that I ended up uh, really studying was the story when Miriam is critical of her brother and um, she starts off a little critical about something kind of minor and then her criticism sort of keeps growing until it's pretty big it's pretty major and God immediately responds to her and kind of calls her in and says what are you doing and he judges her and yet he also has mercy on her and that really spoke to me because I thought, you know, Miriam, Miriam forgot that God heard everything she said. <laughs> and I forget that God hears everything I say. And not only everything I say, but he knows everything I think. And, you know, I am, I, I'm, I'm prone to criticism, you know, and, and I, I can sometimes keep it inside, but you know what? God still hears it. He still knows it's there. And I need to be reminded that God does not respond lightly to criticism of others. And I need to make sure that my heart is clean and clear of that criticism. And Miriam's story has just been more recently been a a great reminder to me of that truth. Mm. I love that. Most people wouldn't uh, call Miriam their favorite. (laughs) I know. I thought about that, but I guess because I feel like she's so human, you know, I mean, they all are, but I can picture myself doing exactly what she did, you know? Exactly. And that's the more self-aware we are about our weaknesses and where we struggle, that does create a connection with that woman in the Bible, like Miriam, who had that same struggle. I guess I kind of hope that, that, I don't have to get to the point that Miriam did, you know, if I can learn a lesson from her and say, Lord, please, you know, I don't want to ever be so critical that, that, you know, your judgment, I mean, obviously he judges our sin, but that re- that he has to just kind of call me up short, you know, yeah. so it's a prayer, good prayer. Amen. So what would you say to a woman who is struggling in her faith right now? That's a great question. Um, I think one of the first things I would say is take some time to 
look back a little bit, maybe to go back a little bit in your history and see where your faith journey began. It's easy to always be looking ahead and maybe always seeing the struggles, but um, if we can look back and say, well, where did we start with God? Where did my journey begin with God? Um, maybe um, like the Samaritan woman in my story, maybe there hasn't been a starting point to your, your faith journey with God. And maybe that's where you are and you need to begin that relationship with God. Or perhaps you have a relationship with God, but some things have come in the way. Some things have dropped into your life that have kind of stopped you in your tracks. And, um, you know, these stories from scripture can help us relate to other women who had those very, very kinds of things happen. And I would encourage you, a woman who's struggling in faith, to look at where her journey began in faith with God, where she is right now. And, and if there are hindrances, to ask God to reveal that and to give you the tools to be able to get past those hindrances, to remove them and move forward. You know, no matter where we find ourselves on our faith journey, God will meet us there. There's no place on our faith journey that we're too far away from God if we're willing to ask him for help. And so I guess I would just kind of sum that up by saying it's never too late. It's never too late whether to start a journey of faith with God or whether to renew and re restart your journey of faith with God from where you stopped before. So one last question, what is your ultimate goal for women who complete this Bible study? What are some ways they can act on their unhindered faith? Sure. Um, I would say um, two goals. Um, I think my first one um, is to, in this Bible study, to make the scriptures accessible to all women. And um, in that sense, um, because of the, I've had some retold stories of women in this book, um, that whether a person knows a lot about the Bible, or maybe they are new to the scriptures, um, by having the retold stories in there, it sort of gives everybody, each woman, this, a common starting point to enter this Bible study. Um, and so I would hope that, that there would be um, easily, easy connections to um, the content of the scriptures uh, through, through this study, even for someone who maybe it's not as familiar to them. Um, my second goal then would also be that, that because the Bible study questions are in there, but there's also some journal prompts and a prayer prompt that I'm hoping my goal would be that each woman can, can personally respond to where she is in her journey with with God. You know, we're all at a different place in, in our walk with faith. And I hope that this is a tool. I hope it's a tool that will make it possible for each woman, no matter where she is, to say, I know what to do next. Not because of something that I wrote, but because of God's word and because of the, the truths of God's word that she can come away from there and say, you know, I, I know this is where I'm at. And I know I want to move farther. And, and because of God's word and, and God's faithfulness, I can I can take that next step. So that would be my ultimate goal. Amen. 
So if we have some gals listening today who want to maybe connect with you on social media or online, what's the best place for them to find you? Um, I would say um, um, the best place probably would be, um, I am very open to Facebook messages. Um, you can go to my author page, which is Deb M. Ashley on Facebook. Um, I do have a website also that, you know, you can send me a, a message through that website. Um, it's also Deb, debmashley.com. And um, I'm just trying to think here. I'm also on Instagram. If somebody is, that's their favorite means of, of communication. And again, it's Deb M. Ashley. So any of those are great. I would love to hear and interact with anybody. If I could be of help, that would be one of my greatest joys. Amen. Well, it's been a delight to have you on today. Thank you so much for being with us on the All Things Podcast. And just God bless your ministry as God continues to use you in helping women learn to really trust God. Well, thank you, Athena. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and, and share these things today. Thank you. Amen. Well, thanks so much for joining us today for the All Things Podcast. Brought to you by Romans 828 Bookstore and Redemption Press. If today's episode encouraged you, we would love to have you share it with your friends on social media and maybe even leave a review on Apple. That will help the algorithms get us up higher to the top when people are searching for podcasts that can bring them hope and encouragement. So thanks again for joining us today, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye for now.